Well, when you've known Tiger as long as I have, and you've played as much golf with him as I have, I've, I've been around a lot of history. <laughs> Welcome back to Be Right, presented by Elijah Craig. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We are extra hyped up this week. Of course, it's Masters week. We have a super jam-packed show. Uh, we got Nota Begay on, breaking down picks with us from Points Bet. Of course, four-time PGA Tour winners as well. We've got Will Zalatoris, the runner-up from last year's Masters, joining us in a bit as well. Uh, but first, you know, congrats, JJ Spawn. I don't think any of us had him, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we did have some other close calls, though, stuff in the mix. Uh, you know, CP or Steve, I'll start with you. Uh, what, what was your, your coffin moment of the week when uh, you knew your, your bets were dead? Well, it was definitely, uh, I was on Bo Hostler, unfortunately. And um, honestly, it felt pretty dead early when he was hitting it all over the place. But he, he stayed in it. I was impressed. And I thought he was going to kind of run away with it because um, he was making everything. He's such a good putter. But uh, I think the coffin moment had to be the, the bunker shot that, all of us have hit at some point in our lives when he just absolutely caught all ball and hit it like 30 yards over the green. So, and he still hit a great drive on 17, almost went in the freaking hole for um, hole in one, but uh, yeah, tough, tough loss. Good for spawn. That was a great story. I, I wasn't too mad. Cause that was a, that was a pretty cool story. Very glad. Uh, well, selfishly, I'm glad Bo didn't get it done because we talked about him on the pod. CP and I, you know, CP thought I'd bet him because, you know, we both said we were gonna last week. Uh, I didn't end up doing it. So I would have been happy for CP, but selfishly, you know, nice to not lose out there. Shout out our boy, Andy Lack, who did bet JJ Spawn. Um, mm-hmm. So props to him. Uh, my coffin bet, well, Kevin Chapel, you know, was in the mix. Oh six hole leader that would have been nice i actually did bet him outright um but really my coffin moment was duke losing uh in the final four which is you know bittersweet but sort of a nice consolation that duke loses uh, as a lifelong duke hater to see coach k go out like that but after we recorded the podcast last week i found out i could have won 14 grand um if i finished in second place uh, with Kansas beating Duke, that needed yeah. to be the scenario. So, you know, it was looking good after Kansas. Um, I did hedge a little, so I, I won not quite $14,000 with uh, UNC beating Duke. Um, but, you know, it was fun. Um, it, it was one of the best games I can remember um, as a college basketball fan. So uh, that kind of like, that was that consolation and Duke losing. Um, it, it was a fun Saturday. Over yeah, it, dude, the square, the square, over, over. square play. Yep. Yep. Um, it was amazing. Steve just all of a sudden was like, Oh my God, I'm in this pool. I can get yeah. 14,000. We're like, what? The heck? Yeah. And we, I didn't we think I was in it yeah. at yeah, all. Yeah. And I, I just no, happened I to look at the email and the, and the outcomes. Hey, and it was like, Oh man. Everybody's bracket is so busted that, yeah. you know, it ends up coming back around to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, you, you end up, we, we started helping you strategize again. You ended up making a little money, at least, at least you're, you're able to do that these yeah. days back in the day, you would have been all or nothing. True. So that was good. Um, all right, let's see, what do we got next? Uh, CP, uh, do you have a don't at me <laughs> moment from, from this yeah. week? Yeah. Don't at me. Coach K is the goat. No, I'm oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. 
Get out. Um, don't at me. I've seen some, some fascinating, uh, the anti tiger stuff this week is so funny to me. It's the most try hard thing going on social media. Like, oh, he's going to miss the cut. He shouldn't, he's taken away attention from everyone. Look, oh it's God. such an attention seeking Twitter whore thing. So everyone should stop doing it. Yes. Agree. <laughs> Agree. I mean, it's probably a good thing for some of these other guys, like Rory going for the career grand slam. Like, no one's going to be talking about that now. That's right. Tired. This is great for yeah, everyone, great for, for, for us, for the for ev- all the other players. Rory yes. will. You're, that's that's a great point. Rory will face less career grand slam nonsense. You know, Bryce. It's, it's great. All the attention's on here. You, you couldn't have it any other way if you're a fellow competitor. Yes, hundred percent. All right. Let's get into our first guest because, again, super jam-packed show here. We got Will Zalatoris. No big deal. I'm rocking my weight cap, by the way. Actually, I was rocking this because of uh, Jennifer Cupcho, who Wake Forest wins, obviously, Chevron Championship there, the first major of the year. But also, my boy, Willie Z, Wake Forest represent. Uh, no big deal. Just the Masters runner-up from last year. We talked to him about a bunch of things. Have a listen to our chat with Will Zalatoris. Will, got raining PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, Will Zalatoris, fresh off a nice run to the Elite Eight. Will, you know, I'm a, I'm a Wake Forest guy like yourself, so when we didn't make the tournament, it was still nice to have a Wake guy make a run at a tournament, so congrats first off there. Um, how, how did that week go in, in Austin for you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, match plays a blast. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, there's a lot of pressure-packed moments that get thrown into match play, um, you know, I'm typically a pretty stoic guy. And even I was laughing at some of like the little fist pumps and screams that I made on 18 to make some putts to keep me going. So um, it's a lot of fun, especially at that golf course. It's just, it's so perfect for match play. I mean, there's just literally, there's just so many little things of that golf course where like, even when I beat Kevin Na, like he hit a great shot into the 22nd hole and it was a foot from being six feet and next thing you know he's basically in the water so it's um it's a lot of fun and obviously that was it's a lot of golf but man it's uh you know the adrenaline will keep you going what was it like uh facing kids in match play dudes he's a tough out in match play yeah you know i handed him a couple holes early and you just can't do that against him i mean he's just so solid um you know he was he told my coach when he was walking up to the first tee, he was like, man, I was hoping I was going to beat him. Cause you know, you know, he's in his, you know, he's almost 40. I mean, he and I might just play nine holes and call it a day. And said, <laughs> I got to, instead I got to face the young legs of your boy over here. So he's, he's great, man. He's a lot of fun. They mentioned on the broadcast that um, they kind of sense maybe kids was playing a little conservative early and kind of letting you make mistakes. Did you feel that feel the same way? Yeah, a little bit, you know, I, you know, I had about six minutes, basically, by the time I got shuttled back to the clubhouse to go to eat and go straight to the first tee. Um, and I honestly, I just I hit some really bad golf shots and you, you just can't do that against him. I mean, he's he's a guy who's just not going to give holes away to you. Um, and so, you know, he's going to hit it to there's going to be times where you're watching him play and you're like, all right, well, you know, he hit to 30 feet. But it's like he's still forcing you to make birdies to beat him um and so you know like he made a actually on two like here's a prime example about with him saying that hey you know my goal out there is to be annoying you know he hits one off the rocks on two it bounces about 30 yards back 
chips that one to 35 feet. I two putt mine from like 45 feet and he makes his 35 footer for par. And you're like, I mean, you're always supposed to assume that your opponent's going to make that putt. And I did just cause it's, it's kids. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, I made a mistake on one, maybe gives him, gives him one back on two. And it, it just kills the momentum of keeping it going. And next thing you know, he hits it close on three and now he's two up to three. And you're like, man, you know, that's just, that's match play, but that's kids too. Who was, who was more annoying him or Kevin? Nah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, kids, obviously he beat the crap out of me. So, um, but I mean, he's, Kiz is tough, man. I mean, same with Kev. I mean, Kev, like, even though I was three up, like, that's the thing with him is he gets that putter going, and it's like you just – you got to keep the pedal down. You just can't hand holes away. Um, so, you know, both of them – I definitely played better against Kevin Na. I think I was – I want to say I was maybe like five or six under and still won 20, 22 holes. Um, and I think I was like even or one under against Kiz. And so, you know, he just had to play basically mistake-free golf, which he did. Um, but I mean, both of those guys, I mean, they're, they're tough, man. What, what's the general feeling do you think about Scotty Scheffler's run here? I mean, obviously to get to number one in, in such a short span, winning those three times and, and you're a guy obviously who now people are saying the best player without a win. I mean, do you look at what he did and say, wow, if I get that one win, I can just really turn on the jets. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I've, I've grown up with Scotty. I mean, we've played junior golf against each other since we were nine. Um, you know, one of the first tournaments I ever played actually ever, um, was a little 18 hole winter deal at a public course nearby and Jordan won. I think Scotty finished like second or third. And I think I shot like 96. It was like my, like I said, I was like nine years old. It was my first tournament ever. Um, but you know, that's the thing is like, we saw Jordan set the bar for us. You know, he won two U.S. juniors and then Scotty won one, I won one. Um, and so it's fun to see. I mean, you know, Scotty and I, um, you know, we play a lot of golf together at home and, you know, the, the kid's just a grinder. I mean, and that's the thing about him now is obviously he's been playing the best golf in the world, but, you know, there's no weaknesses in his game. I mean, everything he does now, he hits it far, he's hitting it straight. He's got all the shots in the bag. His short game is off, has always been the best aspect of his game. And, you know, he's been putting lights out. So, you know, it's no surprise. And honestly, like really for me, you know, in general for him to be the best player in the world, like it's just not a surprise to me at all. Um, so it's it's exciting and definitely motivating at the same time, just because it's like, you know, hey, we've grown up together and, you know, I, you know, I keep doing what I'm doing and um, hopefully I'll be right there with him. He's definitely peaking at the right time, and uh, you're here to talk about the Masters fantasy game, Will, which we want to ask about. But, you know, just ahead of the Masters, want to know what your prep is like um, this week. Have you headed back to Augusta since, obviously, your epic uh, finish last year? And what's what's this week like for you? Yeah, you know, so I, I was actually going to make a visit um, the Monday, Tuesday after um, the players, but mother nature had better plans. Um, so I've not been back, but this week, um, fortunately at Dallas national where I play a lot of golf at here, we've got a practice putting green that we jokingly call the Augusta green. That's got a ton of slope and it runs about 14 on the step meter. Um, so I'll spend a lot of time there, try to dial in some yardages, um, especially from, you know, kind of about a hundred to about 140, um, just because those are the ones where, you can really make a mess fast um, out there, you know, and those are the ones that honestly can keep the momentum going, you know, like uh, last year, 
Um, in the third round, I hit in the right bunker on one. I couldn't get it out um, up onto the green and made up and down for about 70 yards. And that's a nice kind of, you know, it's a nice way to start the day of kind of saving one on one. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, you think of shots of like number three, for example, where you have to be so precise um, with your landing spots. Um, so I'll be spending a lot of time, you know, kind of dialing in wedges and obviously doing some big breaking speed putts. Um, but I'll spend a lot of time with, uh, both coaches this week. And, uh, you know, over the last month, I've been trying to make sure that, you know, I don't try to shape the driver both ways. Um, the only time you'll ever see me kind of rip a draw with the driver is if I have like a million yards wide and I can just hit it as hard as I can. And I'm just trying to get max distance out of it. But, you know, there's shots like 13 where you just have to hit a draw. Like you just can't hit a fade and, you know, there, you can't even really hit a straight ball there um so holes like that you know i'll try to hit some you know start working on hit some more draws here and there but you know like i said a lot of the work gets done especially kind of in that 80 to 140 bucket yeah you know about about uh the masters fantasy we know you wanted to talk about that and the work that uh the masters do, does with ibm yeah you know so kind of the cool thing that they're starting this year um, with IBM Watson as you're creating scoring predictions. I mean, they've taken 120,000 golf shots in the last six years to help predictions of players. And, um, you know, they've got their new fantasy, um, you know, lineups where they've got a past champion, a rookie, um, an American player and an international player. And so, you know, the insights you're getting are going to help, you know, obviously, you know, guys like us who follow golf religiously, you know, we know the young guys that are up and coming, but, you know, maybe the average guy doesn't know a Will Zalatoris of 2021 and, you know, will help them with their projections of, you know, who they want to possibly put in their lineup. And so, um, you know, I, I used the app a ton last year, actually, um, especially going into Saturday, Sunday, you know, seeing how holes were playing, um, seeing what some guys were doing, um, seeing if there were any trends, you know, like on 13, I remember on either Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember, guys were, the shot was just playing really long. Um, and so a lot of guys to that front right pin were coming up short um, and short and left, actually, which is you just never see that with a lot of right handers. Um, and so, you know, that's something that the app, you know, I, I use it religiously, you know, when I'm in the tournament, just because we have so much access to it. Um, but, you know, the stuff with IBM Watson adding in, you know, basically analyzing like three million articles and, you know, giving insights into players, that's stuff that is you know, even for me, like I can go in there and just see, you know, kind of, you know, I remember watching guys sitting in player dining and, um, you know, it was me and Mark Leishman were sitting there on the app, just scrolling through holes and just seeing what guys are doing. And so, you know, people are asking, you know, Hey, what's your pre-round routine? And I'm like, well, honestly, this is like the only tournament that I would do this. You know, you know, there might be a few around the year where I might turn on the coverage just to see if it's like a tough tournament, like let's say Bay Hill. Um, but right you know, like uh, this year, especially just because there's so many intricacies to Augusta national that, you know, depending on pin locations, like you can miss it. You can miss it in one spot on one hole one day and it's perfect. And then it could just be atrocious the next day, depending on where the pin is. So go back to last year, you finished second at the masters. Where did you kind of expect to be, you know, next week, a year later, did you exceed your expectations or, or do you feel like you've kind of had a nice natural progression? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been anything but natural. And, you know, everyone wants to see their, you know, careers kind of look, 
you know, basically have a flat line improvement, but in reality, it's more of a stock market where it's just kind of up, down, up, down, but the general trend goes up. Um, and so, you know, I've learned a lot, especially when it comes to playing tougher golf courses and I've gotten more comfortable with playing these courses since it's my second time around. Um, but, you know, I think, um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think that's been the, the best part about it is this is what I want to do my entire life. And, um, you know, there's been some little surprises along the way, like especially last year, um, you know, kind of going from general anonymity to, you know, picking up coffee at my usual spot and a lady, you know, ringing me up knows who I am. And I'm like, I, you never see me in golf clothes. Like normally I look like I'm, you know, crawling out of bed and my hair's all over the place <laughs> going to a workout. And, you know, now every day I walk in there, you know, she knows who I am and, you know, saying, Hey, best of luck at this tournament or whatever. So that I think that was kind of the biggest adjustment was just kind of going from the, you know, guy who's kind of been on the rise to even some non-golf fans kind of knowing who I am. But um, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. And um, I think it's been really cool being around a lot of these guys on top of that, that I've played with, you know, I was talking about the Walker cup team earlier, you know, that team, you know, seeing these guys basically, you know, Scotty being number one player in the world, Colin winning multiple majors, Cam winning multiple times, you know, Doc Redman getting his card, you know, through a Monday qualifier, essentially, mm -hmm. and finishing second in, in Detroit. Um, it's fun to see these guys just because we we're, you know, at the time as college kids, we were just a bunch of guys, you know, representing the United States. And now it's like, hey, you know, this guy does this, this guy does that. I'm like, man, I could do that, too. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Is there any worry that, uh, you know, when you finish runner up you're, as a rookie that you come back and you almost expect that it's going to happen like that again? Or are, are you guarding against that at all? Just how not that it came easy last year, but that yeah. obviously you did a lot better than most rookies do there. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, the kind of the thing that my coaches and I have talked about is everyone starts at even part of this year. And as much fun as it was last year to make a nice run at it you know, you still got to go out and do it again. You know, nothing's given in this game. And so, you know, of course, what I like to improve on a second place finish, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know how I know how tough it was to get to finishing second place. And so I think that if anything, it's motivating and it's exciting, you know, at the same time, you know, I've got some I've got some good history to draw back on at that place. And you know, the beauty of it is, is, you know, the trend of the game has definitely been going younger, but at the same time, Augusta National is a place where, you know, Tiger won in 2019 and like his 23rd or 24th appearance. So, you know, it's anyone's ball game, especially at the Masters. Have you rewatched last year at all and taken any notes or anything you might do differently this year? play 13 better um, <laughs> yeah i mean playing 13 and even par is kind of the difference um so i think um no i mean i i went back and watched a little bit of it um you know just kind of looking at my general kind of timing because i it's it's fun to go back and watch tournaments and seeing the outside looking in um just because i know what my thought process was um, and so it, I did go back and I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it, but obviously, you know, I'm not going to lie if I, you know, if I wasn't saying that I've obviously thought about that tournament pretty much every day since last year. And it's been a lot of success at the majors too. Like you talked about playing, playing well at tough golf courses. I wonder, um, you know, ahead of, 
next week, the putter, you know, what kind of stuff you're working on with that. I think the, the telecast has said you've been working with a putting coach uh, a lot the last few weeks. So just take us through um, the prep you've done with the, with the coach on the putting. Yeah. You know, I threw in a new putter. Um, you know, it's a little bit more face balance to touch more upright. Um, the bend in the shaft is just a little bit different. Um, but you know, I, last week and the first week, obviously seeing the success that I had and seeing it hold up under pressure and making the putts that I had to make just to stay alive, um, is really motivating and exciting, especially going into a pretty important week. You know, it's the toughest greens we play all year, especially with how firm and fast they are. Um, you know, at, at Augusta, you gotta be comfortable playing six footers a foot outside the hole. And I remember last year, there were some times where, walking into a putt and standing over it thinking there's no way this is, you know, this is right. But then, you know, just, all right, commit to your line and, and, you know, hit the putt. And um, I think that that's, you know, stuff that especially going into next week that I'll be spending a lot of time on is just playing putts as high as I possibly can and getting comfortable with that. Cause there's just some times where at Augusta, you know, like I said, you know, like on number seven, like you just have to be comfortable playing a six foot or a foot outside the hole. And you just don't see that week in week out on tour. Right. Yeah. Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck at the masters. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of the season. Thanks. Yeah, thanks guys. All right. Thanks again to Will Zalatoris. Uh, before we get to our next guest, Nota Begay, Steve, I know you have a, a word from our friends at Elijah Craig. Yes, once again, excited to talk about our friends at Elijah Craig. They have a special offer for Masters Week for the listeners of Be Right. Obviously, it's Masters Week, a tradition unlike any other. We're going to be breaking down each golfer's style of play. That's exactly what you should be doing when looking for the ideal bourbon, and particularly as it relates to Elijah Craig. Every bottle of their award-winning small batch carries a signature, warm spice, and subtle smoke flavor. You already know my go-to way to enjoy Elijah Craig small batches. On the rocks with a little bit of orange bitters, perhaps I'm going to treat myself this week for the Masters. So, you know, if you're hosting a, a watch party for the Masters or just playing a few holes with friends, you ought to enjoy it with golf signature sip Elijah Craig bourbon. Of course, we're talking about Elijah Craig and its double gold award at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Well, now it's time for you to take advantage of an exciting offer. You can save $5 on a bottle of Elijah Craig delivered straight to your door. You can order online at Drizzly. Just use the code GOLFDIGEST5 to take advantage of $5 off a bottle delivered to you. Again, that's GOLFDIGEST5. Pick up your bottle today. Be Right Podcast is brought to you by Elijah Craig Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Bardstown, Kentucky, 47% alcohol by volume. Elijah Craig reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And now let's catch up with Nota Begay, who's points bet ambassador, NBC Sports. Obviously, we're going to talk to him before he arrives at Augusta. And I can imagine we'll have just a few Tiger questions for him. Here's our chat with Nota Begay. All right. We're excited to welcome to the show four-time PGA Tour winner. Uh, he is a points bet ambassador. Nota Begay, the third. Nota, thanks, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing, my man? Well, I'm excited to be anywhere on anybody's show during Masters Week, but I'm especially yeah. excited to be hanging out with you guys to get this week mm. kicked off. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, first, I mean, let, let's start, you know, obviously there's so much we could talk about with you, but we got to talk about the course itself. We usually have Steve, you know, do a big rundown. We give him, we give him a hard time. He does a great job, but, but no, you, you 
played this course, obviously. Um, you know, it's been a while. I know that there have been some more changes, especially this year uh, to, to number 11, number 15. But just, you know, what, what do you recall about playing this course? What, what kind of player do you think it sets up best for? Well, I was fortunate enough to play in two Masters myself and then have been covering it now with Golf Channel and NBC Sports for the last 10 years. And so every year you get a chance to review changes, you get a chance to evaluate what type of uh, players are you know, heading into the Masters, are trending to sort of fit the golf course, or uh, overall just what sort of um, player um, has the best chance to win. And every year it, it comes out to uh, maybe about a dozen players really have a chance to win. Um, you know, you can, you know, all the 50 and overs, basically you can eliminate all the rookies. You can eliminate, um, they're great in prop bets, you know, because like, like last year um, with uh, Zalatoris, you know, you, you had a kid that mm -hmm. nobody really had their eye on who goes out and nearly wins the whole thing. So there's a tremendous amount of value in getting sort of the first year players um on, on some great value uh, playing in that top 10 and that top 20 play, which is uh, a top 20 play is actually one of my favorites because you can find a lot of value in there. Um, but it's length, it's quality of play heading into the masters, and then it's also putting. So if you were to look at those three attributes, you would say on the putting side, it's Cam Smith. Um, mm -hmm. On the playing well, playing the best of anybody, it's Sam Burns. Um, and on the trending side, it's Scotty Scheffler. So, you know, three very different players that uh, I think all have a great chance to win. Nora, you just mentioned um, the rookies. You know, they are great in prop bets. I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But then you go to, you go to Zal Torres last year, runner-up. We saw Spieth almost win it in his first try. I believe Thomas Peters tied for first, uh, fourth in his first try. So these rookies are playing better and better there. Do you see, you know, maybe within the next five or ten years, a first-timer um, – winning the green jacket? Absolutely. Um, primarily because of television. I mean, mm. you are getting, I mean, if you go back 20 years, you know, the masters has always been, um, you know, very stingy to a certain degree with their coverage of right. uh, their broadcast windows and what they allow to be covered. Um, but over the years, they have gotten a heck of a lot more generous, much to the public's uh, delight. I mean, we can't get enough of Augusta National. We can't get enough of the Masters. And so you're seeing young players that are benefiting from 18 hole coverage now. So see, you know, it's the only major, let, let, let's establish this benchmark. It's the only major that we play at the same place every year with the exception, you know, only tournament you can put in that same category is the Players' Championship. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why experience is so key here because players can come back and be like, oh, wow, I, I landed the ball here last year. It didn't work out. I need to switch my aim point. And they subtly and over time just get a little bit more efficient on the golf course. No, the, the course has, you know, had a lot of iterations over the years, some somewhat minor changes this year in comparison to past years, but uh, the change at 11, moving the tee to the left and back, you know, 15 yards. And it looks like some substantial uh, re-undulation of the, the mounds leading up to the green in addition to the trees coming out to the right. Uh, and then, you know, the, the added yardage at 15, what do you make of those changes? You know, we're, we're used to Augusta always making some sort of tweaks, but how do you put that into context uh, compared to, you know, years past? Well, well, first of all, I love the fact that 
and I'm kind of sad that you've done more homework than I have um, <laughs> because it's supposed to be my job. But um, no, that's great. That's great. And, and yeah, Augusta is always tweaking it. You know, nobody takes better notes on performance metrics than Augusta National. They know what hole locations give up the most birdies uh, with certain green green um, firmness or softness. Uh, they know what tee boxes on par threes pro 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 provide the most bogey opportunity, you know, uh, give the players the hardest time mm -hmm. in those instances. So they're, they're so well prepared for what comes their way, which is why you always see a very intriguing and entertaining um, Sunday afternoon, because whether it's hot and dry conditions or wet conditions or something in between or windy they're always ready to make adjustments on the fly and i think that's what the general public sort of overlooks is just how hard these tournament committees work to get these courses you know week to week it's the pga tour tournament committees and then this week it it's the masters tournament committee that really has a great understanding and that is i think one of the biggest keys that will throw betters off is weather and it's not, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I think weather can to a certain degree impact a baseball game. You know, if, if obviously if you're playing at AT&T park in San Francisco, there's no carry if it's wet, but if it gets too wet, they don't play. Um, and so golf in, in, on the other hand, as long as there's no lightning and the course is draining, they'll be out there in the rain and it shifts the probability of performance to a different set of players. Hmm. And so I think that's why it's so fun. I think that's why, um, you know, with points bet and the, the in-game betting feature um, that is becoming going to be going to become more and more prominent is going to, you know, be such a, 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 a huge um, experience, great experience for betters to sit on your couch and be like, well, I think this guy's going to hit it closer than that guy on 17, just because, you know, he's hitting his irons better today or his par three performance is better. And all of these statistics through ShotLink are available to the public now. And so mm. before it used to be just guys like me that had access to them, but now people can do their homework and be prepared and they know where they're playing and they know just so many things that go into it that can really give you an, a betting advantage um, when these things do come available. Mm. What, you know, you're talking about, we, we do get, have a lot of stats out of our hands, but obviously it's not quite the same as being out there on the course, especially <laughs> in competition like you, what, what are maybe a couple of the, the holes or even specific shots um, that you recall are, are even, you know, tougher or, or stand out for you uh, versus what we see on TV? Well, the two shots that everybody makes look very easy. I mean, at least the players that are playing well, not everybody, um, are the second shot from the fairway at 13. It's a shot that the public overlooks because it's a short shot. It's mm. on a par five. It's a second shot to a hole that we've seen a lot of eagles through the years change the outcome of, of the Masters. But you're hitting, if you're a right-hander, you're hitting a shot from a ball that's above your feet, which promotes a right to left ball flight. But that green is situated left to right. It wants you to hit it left to right. So you have something that's working against what your eye is telling you and what your mind is telling you to do. And the players 
that have been able to make those adjustments over the course of time. The, the Nicholas's, the Woods, the, the Mickelson's are the ones that have won the, the most green jackets. Um, and then the second shot at 15, um, people have no clue how narrow that green is and how much downhill that shot is. I mean, players are taking 10 to 15 yards off of that shot, having to hit it straight up in the air and literally land it um, on, on a piece of green about as wide as your, your driveway in front of your house. Um, and, and so I think those are two shots that we routinely see. Um, and again, if this all sort of matriculates back to the betting, par five performance is key in Masters winners. So you have to look at players that have a tendency to hit the ball high. So if you look at a sort of a, a bottom to middle tier pick, I, I like a Cameron Young as a first timer, um, simply because he's long, he hits it high, he manages his game very well. I've watched him over the last few weeks, uh, you know, play, you know, anywhere from nine to 12 holes in, in our, our broadcast, but he really has a good sense of how to play the professional game. His dad's a PGA professional. So I think he'll come in here a little bit better prepared than, than say uh, another first timer in, in maybe like a Luke List who might not have that same sort of golf DNA sort of as, as part of their blueprint. Right. Yeah. And Cam Young had a great finish at Riviera, which a lot of people say is a corollary course to Augusta. So I like that call. Um, we'll get into some of the, the other players uh, here in a second. Just want to ask you one other question, Noda. We were talking about the weather forecast before we went live. Um, and, you know, you just mentioned how big that is for betters. Do you see, you know, this rain coming in on Tuesday? Do you see that really affecting play, uh, maybe making it longer than? than it nor would normally it's going to play uh 7510 yards on the scorecard but if it's you know wet um you know it could even play longer so how do you see the weather affecting things well that, that's an interesting question it depends how much rain you know if, if they you know get an inch to two inches well then obviously that's a game changer mm -hmm. um augusta typically uh will not um play lift clean in place i don't i don't know that they ever have that's an issue, <laughs> so, you know, if you know, they're sending the guys out and it's going to be possibly a little bit muddy, then, uh, you know, you, you, you'd want to get on players that I think are longer and carry yardage, um, simply because they will have, there's going to be no role for anybody. So if they're carrying it 30, 40 yards past the average, they're going to have shorter clubs. And so, you know, the, the mud affects everybody if it gets on the ball. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about sort of extreme abnormalities here, but, um, you know, that that's something to look out. But also understanding that Masters has, you know, Augusta National has sub air mm -hmm. under their greens. So they can suck water out of the surfaces um, at a much higher rate than, say, a TPC Sawgrass, where we saw a huge amount of rain this year because right. they rely on the natural sand base below the surface to, to drain. Now, granted, those greens drained amazingly with all the rain we had at this past year's players. So mm -hmm. um, unless you get a ton of rain, I wouldn't necessarily let it impact the overall sort of vision you have for uh, where your money goes. Okay. It's funny you mentioned the rain at, at the players. You got caught out in the rain. I remember you didn't have, <laughs> you didn't have your gear and uh, they were busting on you. And, and, you know, we were busting on Steve because 
in our Slack chat, he was like, it's not going to rain today. <laughs> he saw the same forecast. 1% chance. Yeah. Yeah. It was a 1% chance. So we, we, but I, I assume you're more prepared. No, to just, just in case, uh, in the future. Yeah. I got my rain gear, man. I got, okay. I got a lot, I got a lot of hits on uh, social. Um, a lot of people didn't think I could jump that high. Uh, but you know i kind of surprised a lot with my height yeah i got about a good inch and a half of vertical on on that little skip step that i had there but that was a lot of fun but but yeah so you know um i'm gonna pat ourselves on the back it's been maybe what 12 minutes we haven't asked you about tiger yet i know that's probably a record (laughs) that's pretty good Uh, actually but right that's pretty good we've been pretty disciplined but but let let let's talk before we get into um you know some more more specific players let's let's talk about tiger uh, obviously it looks like, you know, he said the game time decision, but they have him as a press conference. It looks like he's going to play. He looks fantastic. What, what have you seen or heard from him, um, leading up in, into this event? I mean, I would just say all signs lead to him. He's going to, he's going to give it a run. Um, he's going through all the necessary steps. He's working extremely hard to, you know, address all the physical challenges. It's a physical issue. It's not, you know, not completely technical. There are some technical issues, you know, with the back problem, um, you know, leading up to the 2018 Tour Championship, 2019 Masters, there was getting through the the physical challenges, the strength, the mobility, and then figuring out, okay, what can I build technically around this, this frame that I have available to me? That's exactly the process that he's going through now. So he's been there. He's done that. He knows how to reconstruct his golf swing around his physical abilities. But the first and biggest question he had to answer is what are those physical abilities? I mean, um, you know, initially it was to walk. Initially it was to make a golf swing. And initially right now we're, we're sort of seeing him sort of at a, at the strongest point that we've seen him in over a year, um, which, you know, would, push me to sort of the understanding that he, he is going to play at least uh, in round one and, and he wouldn't start unless he felt like he could finish. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is driving betters crazy. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. He's still, he's still taking in all the money. These people love right. this guy. I mean, Oh yeah. I don't know who's oh, happier yeah. Vegas or, or the betters. <laughs> yeah. It's a great number. He's like 50, 60 to one. You're not going to see that number on tiger. If he, right. uh, comes back in full force so it's obviously enticing but let's talk a little about the top of the boards the usual suspects up here john rom justin thomas uh dustin johnson's crept up there there's brooks scotty scheffler is there a guy at the top you kind of have your eye on that that's in form coming in to uh this week well um i'm not a big in form better simply because i think there's less value i know that the it's really really hard to bet against a John Rahm. Um, he's so sound across the board. And what he does well um, is he makes timely putts. And there's no place in the history of golf where you have to make a timely putt than at the Masters if you're going to win. So it's hard to sort of take your eye off him. Um, I I am, I'm more of a probability guy with regard to Scheffler. I just don't think a guy can win four times in six weeks. I just, you know, uh, the only player to have done that um, is Tiger Woods. And I just don't think we're seeing, you know, the next Tiger Woods here. You know, value in that top uh, 
third, I would have to look at Dustin Johnson and, and Brooks Kepka. I think those are, you know, if you could even call those value picks. I think um, I would rate Kepka a little, maybe a slight bit further ahead of in my scale than um, than Johnson because I think overall he's playing a little bit better. Uh, DJ had a great run at the match play, still fighting a couple driver issues that I think that he and Claude Harmon the third, his coach, will probably be addressing along with his manufacturer uh to try and he 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 likes to release hard left but the ball not go left mm. a couple times when i was when i was out watching the matches i i was in that match with him and um in the semifinals uh you know he 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 hit a couple of left balls and and that just it implements a lot of doubt in his golf swing um so mm. those would kind of be in that upper upper level those would be my two guys to look at well, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's probably about 20 players who you, you know, circle as having a chance here. So I, I'm just curious of, you know, the guys 50 to one or their best. That's probably where you're, you know, making your last cross offs. Um, you know, who who presents maybe some intriguing value? Is it someone like you said, Sam Burns playing so well, even though he's a debutante? Um, who, who's kind of at the bottom of the list, but in terms of value, you think presents a decent bet? Well, I think that it's hard just for people in, in that area. It's hard to bet on a Tony Finau right now. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think there's way too many question marks, not a lot of good play as of late. Love Tony. Uh, one of my favorite guys out there. Um, but you know, the smart money has to go on who's trending, who's playing well. Uh, you're looking at. Uh, Connors, a uh, Corey Connors, who seems to have found some nice rhythm in his ball striking. Um, Sung J M, who's, you know, I, I like to bet in this area, not so much, you know, guys that I think can win, but guys that I think can get into, you know, because you're looking at like I think believe it, it's the last fifteen or twenty years, you know, I think eighteen out of the twenty or whatever the the winners come out out of the last group, so. Mm you have to be close here. It, you, you can't be, you know, coming, you know, this, at this venue, you very rarely come off the pace, you know, four or five shots back. Um, so, you know, that's something to look at. So I look at these bets in my mind is saying, okay, who can play their way into that top 10 by, by Sunday morning or by Saturday night. Right. And I think that a Corey Connors could do that in the sun JM. And then, I mean, we've seen so many different scenarios unfold um, on that final nine, that second nine, uh, and you might just get lucky and have one of these guys fall into the green jacket and it be the right size that day. <laughs> uh, you know, I noticed, obviously, your last uh, time playing there was 2001. Of course, that was a special year, Tiger completing the the uh, the Tiger Slam. Um, what, what What's your favorite memory playing in those two masters and and or was it just kind of being around for for history that week in 2001 well when you've known tiger as long as i have and you've played as much golf with him as i have i've, I've been around a lot of history <laughs> I mean, you know uh we drove down together the very very first masters we drove down, down magnolia lane together for the first time him and i his father earl in the car and he was staying in crow's nest and he was there as an amateur as the reigning am u.s amateur champion so that was you know that might wow. be my most special memory um, of the yeah. masters it has nothing to do with tournament play it has to do with a longtime friend 
who invited me to be a part of something very special to him. And it was great to be able to help him take his luggage up to the crow's nest and get a chance to see um, that part of history, which very few people get to see. Um, and, you know, get a chance to walk into the champion's locker room and just kind of see and experience all that thing, you know, things that I, I had, hadn't played well enough to accomplish in my life, but to see and be a part of that history. Very cool. Very cool. Speaking of Tiger, there's already been some interesting discourse. A lot of people think you might not make the cut if he does play. I'm assuming you're not counting him out. Are you? I don't, I don't ever bet against that guy. I mean, (laughs) you, you end up losing. Uh, just because he has this incredible will to do things that um, most of us can't comprehend. I know that the, I don't know what the opening prop bet on first round score, I think opened at 76. And I mean, I just, I, I'm betting the under uh, on that <laughs> all, all day long, all day long. Um, you know, he, he made a 10 on his card one year and I think he still shot right around 76 or 77 (laughs) so um i i was telling a friend i'm taking the under on that i i just sold my car and i just put it all on the under on day one i just (laughs) hope he tees off i hope he tees off that's right right. well you should get your money back if he doesn't tee it up at all so you know that's a little safety net um no you're talking about his kind of retooled swing perhaps with his you know, his body and, you know, what he has to do to, to make it all work. Do you see, you know, maybe a little less power and speed from him in his swing this week? And, and what's your assessment of maybe how he uh, adjusts his strategy at Augusta National based on sort of this, this different strategy he might have to deploy? Yeah, there, there's going to be less power. I mean, when I was following him and Charlie at the PNC Championship in December, I watched him play at, at virtually every hole. Uh, there was less power. Um, but mind you, I think there's only going to be less power this week simply because he needs to conserve energy. Every time you push into that leg and you try and get a little something extra, um, there's a little added stress. So I think he's trying, you know, my goal would be to just sort of stretch out that window of time that he can hit as many high quality shots as possible because his iron play was still sharp. His long iron play was good. Um, his power was good enough. Uh, certainly not going to be lead the, the field in driving distance this week, but he still can get it out there long enough to make all the power fives reachable and do all the things that you need to do. Now, the biggest question mark is going to be, you know, how quickly will the touch come back? Well, and that in and around the greens and, and on the greens, um, you know, having practiced in his backyard with him, um, there he can recreate almost to a T the speeds and the firmnesses of the aprons um, at, at Augusta National in his backyard. So hmm. um, he won't have much of an adjustment um, in terms of the actual presentation of the conditions to him. All he'll have to do is get his his breathing, his nerve under control, which is why I think that if he can finish four rounds, he, you know, he's going to do a lot better than people think. Uh, Jordan Spieth, obviously incredible track record here. It's one of those guys like you, you always just feel like you have to bet him. He's coming off a week where he struck it as well as we've seen since 2015, but the putting, 
um, you know, the, especially the short are, are really scarier. Would you be worried about him or is Augusta just a place that even when, he, when part of his game is struggling, he, he's able to, to figure it out the week? Well, I think Jordan's the type of player, yes, I think it's going to fit. Augusta National fits him like a glove like it did for Phil Mickelson. I mean, every time mm. Phil Mickelson or Freddie Couples drove down Magnolia Lane, it took 20 years off their life, and <laughs> they somehow just rejuvenated their games and, and right. found a gear that they may not have had or seen for quite some time. And I think Jordan's sort of in that same category. I think that um, he's got great value. I mean, if that's – and, you know, with him – I think what you have to understand is that he's gone through plenty of putting problems through his career. Uh, and they started back in college, you know, his coach, John Fields showed up to the big 12 championship one year and Jordan was putting, looking at the hole, which we've seen him do on tour from time to time. And, um, you know, some of these coaches, these players just, you know, make them scratch their head going, you know, what, what's going on. And just like, you know, don't worry, coach, I got it. And uh, Jordan's just that kind of guy where, I think that if he can get just a little bit of of putting to sort of fall in alignment with his normal standard, um, he can contend. A guy opposite of Spieth at Augusta has not uh, played well there is Bryson DeChambeau, although he did have a pretty good start when he was an amateur. But um, some decent value on Bryson this week, not playing great, of course, injury concerns. Are you completely staying away from Bryson or at 40 to 1, does, does that interest you at all? Uh, it doesn't interest me um, for for just simply the reason that, you know, what I saw this week was just um, a lot out of sync through the bag, around the greens, off the tee, irons. And I just think it's hard to show up to Augusta not playing well. So you, you look at two different situations. You look at a Bryson that really hasn't shown any good signs of anything in, in any part of his game, which – isn't to say that he's not a good player or won't get back there, but whenever you have an injury, it just takes a while to figure it out. And then you have a Jordan who goes out and the only missing ingredient is the part of his game that is the bet that he's the, the best at, at, at one time in the game. I think it's easier for someone who was the best at that particular discipline to come back and find it than it is for somebody to find the four or five disciplines you need to contend at Augusta. All right, Noda, um, who we've talked to a lot of guys who, first of all, we have to mention too, this is kind of full circle. I think Golf Digest, I believe it's for our time, uh, followed you around at your first master's and you did kind of a diary with us. So it's great to have you back on the pod. It's also great to have someone on who wants to talk about actually gambling. You know, we kind of like, <laughs> I know gambling is getting more in vogue, but people usually still tiptoe around it, but it's great to hear that. So anyway, uh, who's going to win this thing? Who's your pick? Why, your I, pick why would I tiptoe around gambling? I love gambling. No, I, I, mean, I love it. I mean, I, no, it's great. You know, some of the the play, you know, some of the players and their PR, you know, they're they're a little We're evolving in golf. Yeah, we're evolving. We're, getting, we're, getting, we're, 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 we're moving here. into the, you know, the next century here, guys. Yeah, that's um, right. No, uh, we're with it, man. I can't. I'm excited. No, I'm excited. Um, you know, points bet has been great for golf. I think for their sure. commitment to the space um demonstrates the the opportunity that they see in just a lot of the real-time opera the, the real-time props that can be placed um in 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 a way that gives all of us the four of us could be you know sitting sitting there watching the broadcast and just having a great time and being able to you know intermittently drop in to 
to see if we can, you know, out outpace the competition, so yeah. to speak. Uh, they've, you know, points bet's been great. I'm the chair of their DNI committee. Um, so they're committed to, you know, working with a variety of different um, people from backgrounds uh, in employment and in so many other great things. And so it's just, it's been a great fit for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm a pro um, gaming type of person, you know, gaming has been great to my native American community in helping us, you know, improve our schools and our healthcare systems and infrastructure. So, um, you know, every, everything has its downside, but, you know, if you can promote the upsides and, and keep it um, fair and, and equitable, you know, you're, you're going to have a good time. Well, Noda, this, this was great. Um, before we let you go, just, just want to get one pick from you. You mentioned, you know, Kepka maybe over DJ and you like some of the other guys at the top who puts on the green jacket at the end of the okay, day. Okay. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge horse racing player. That's right. my, my favorite thing to nice. bet on. And okay. So you, oh, you know, when you go to the Derby or the Breeders' Cup, you can't just bet on, you got to have one winner. I don't right. like, you know, oh, I'm going to place six bets on six different, that's no fun. Like, right. and I'm okay with that, but I've just put, take it all and I just put it all on one player and it's going on DJ this week. Wow. wow there you DJ. go he'll okay. figure out the uh the left miss and, and put on the green jacket again that's like right it. that's right i like it well noda we're gonna have to have you back for our kentucky derby podcast it's kind of like, <laughs> i'm in that sounds fun 100 in because then we can start getting into times and trends and tracks and the that's whole right. man, that'd be amazing that's right I mean, yeah well, this was a ton of fun, Noda. Safe travels. Uh, we'll be watching on live from. And uh, thanks again for doing this. Okay. You guys have a Thank great you, one. Noda. All right. Thanks again to Noda Begay for joining us. I love, by the way, how he pointed out the top 20 bets that he loves because we were all on the Kevin Chapel top 20. And it, it, it is great, but it's such a dagger when his CP says you get sliced, sliced up hibachi style at the end. Because I said it when when because Steve bet him outright and he yeah. you know I was like let's just let's just get the top twenty because I knew that yeah. that's one of those yeah. we love Kevin Chapel he's great at Valera but that's the type that like you can't start celebrating until Sunday no, no, it ends up getting cut up and crucified anyway just smoked all around <laughs> I mean he he birdies the last two holes yeah. and I'm going all crazy but then you're right it was like this huge jump from T eighteen to T twenty seven. All those guys in the in the top twenty slice 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 slice. We make uh, a few bucks. We pennies, uh, but it's better than losing. If he missed, yeah. and by the way, he dropped from the native area according to the shot tracker and still made a birdie somehow. So okay. I thought we were dead. Uh, so at least we got a few bucks out of it. Um, anyway, good times. Notice on a notice with us on those top twenty bets as well. Good to know. Uh, okay. Uh, let's wrap up here. A couple things. CP, you want to do first round leader uh, dartboard? I know that that was fun last week. And that was actually um, Kevin Chappell was the guy who ended up being picked. And we talked yeah. about you got to bet them out. You got to bet them both ways to win it all. And when you bet someone to win it all, you got to bet the first round leader. Neither, none of, we were all not listening to our own advice. But anyway, who you got this second week? Round. He's the uh, second round leader, unfortunately. That, yeah. that was right. Good. Second round leader. Yeah. Pretty big dagger. We actually got zero uh, submissions last week, so hopefully we'll <laughs> that's that. Right. Um, Maybe for the match. Feel free, feel free. You know what? Feel free to at me on Twitter too with your submission if you'd like. Um, but yeah, definitely try and go to the podcast. Leave it. Leave a uh, fourth. I, I haven't really done dug too deep. I know I'll have Neiman on the board for sure because I'm also betting Neiman. I think I just got to ride with Neiman. Uh, you know, one of my heroes this year. I think uh, 
he's had that progression towards, you know, contending in a major hasn't had a top 10 or I don't even think a top 20 in a major, which is pretty surprising. So I'm hoping this is the week and um, hopefully um, he gets off to a good start. So he'll be on the board. Um, I'll probably put Spieth on the board because he is the Thursday King at the masters for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really dug too deeply. Maybe Abraham answer. Cause I do like um, Abraham answer this week. Even well, after so. that WD. Okay. All right. Yeah, so a, uh, a fourth submission um, is, is, would be appreciated. Wait, okay. I got a, I got a question. Where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? <laughs> That's right. He would have definitely been on that board. No yeah, doubt about it. But not in the field, of course. Um, all right, Steve, I'll start with you first. You and Chris, we, we didn't really get into your picks because we were listening to Noda. Uh, so, Steve, give us a few Masters picks here. Again, everybody, you know, we got some great great analysis from Noda beforehand. But, Steve, want to give you a chance and CP to throw out some bets. Yeah, coming off that Tiger talk with Noda, I'm looking at points bet, and you can find these elsewhere as well. Um, Tiger. Under 75 and a half first round. I think notice kind of talked me into that minus 125 at points bet. Might have to uh, smash that before I get on a plane down to Augusta. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, can we not bet down there, Steve? What's the deal? You cannot. No. Oh, no. man. So we got to lock this in. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. You're leaving today. Oh, in a couple hours. Yeah. I got some wow. quick work to do. So I'm going to do that. And Tiger to make the cut is still even odds over at points bet. Um, you know, we don't even know if he's playing, obviously, right, but right. Um, all signs point to it. And, you know, that line that even that he was going to play has moved dramatically in favor of him doing it. So I'm going to take those two bets uh, in terms of outrights. You know, it's a week to go with with the favorites for sure. You can make a case for any of these guys. My case is the chalkiest bet of the week. Surprise, surprise. Square Steve is is on the you know the biggest bet of the week. Not Tiger Woods, but Justin Thomas. Oh, I knew it. Yep. Uh, fourteen to one. Um, okay. another book uh allowed me to boost that by plus three hundred. So I'm on it at seventeen to one, which was, was nice. Um. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I think he's got the complete game um, and obviously has played well at Augusta. Last year's rain delay really messed him up. He was right there behind Hideki before making that eight uh, at the 13th. So I'm on JT and then I'm torn between my second pick. I'm, I'm either going Rory or Cantlay. I think Rory, like we just talked about, um, you know, the pressure's off him a bit. His odds, you could get him at like 23 to one. I mean, that, that's crazy. If, if this plays longer, and I, I think it will, this year it's going to play longer just on the added yardage but with this rain i mean augusta could get about two inches of rain just on tuesday alone they're saying mm -hmm. so um that plays in rory's favor we see when the fairways are are wetter um you know that always is rory conditions so yeah I'm, I'm going rory i think and then it's a matter of if i could add can't lay to my card uh and then one sleeper sam burns Obviously, notice said debutants not the way to go, but Willie Z almost did it. He just told us if he didn't play the 15th hole at even par or 13, uh, he ends up, you know, winning. So I think Burns has the game three wins in 10 months. Um, long as hell. I'm going Burns outright. I, I think that those are good odds uh, given his form coming into this. What about you, CP? Brooks, for sure, boosted him a month yeah. ago. To one, we're, I we're also on that. Yeah. yeah, we're all in on Brooks. I did hop on Canley because he's 25 to one at a certain sports book this morning. I love that. I love that um, the public probably perception is that he's coming in cold, which uh, 
he was actually scorching hot. And um, yeah, I just love that number 25 to one. He'll, he'll be there on Sunday. And then I did bet Neiman this morning as well at 65 to one, um, maybe a big major breakthrough. And then uh, not just cause he's my boy, but I love Max Homa this week. He's minus 110, top 30. I'd probably go top 20, maybe even, uh, maybe even top 10. Um, I think he's coming in uh, sneakily as well. And then uh, I'll probably bet Thomas Peterson in some capacity as well this week. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all right. Finally wrap up uh, here. Oh, by the way, I'm coming down tomorrow and I'm bringing, so apparently I'm bringing all the rain from up here because it rains every day up here. Bringer of and rain. Torrential rain as soon as I get to Augusta. So apologies to everyone for that. Uh, finally, we'll wrap up here Tuesday confessional. I'll start it off. I mean, you guys, you hooligans have me uh, betting on pucks. Freaking hockey. <laughs> Uh, and I, and not only that, I'm in bed with it my wasn't phone. Me, it was Steve. Yes, it was yeah. Steve. It was Steve. I got the ESPN app open. I'm like, oh, it's on ESPN Plus. Look, because of my Great. Disney, my Disney Hulu package. And I'm watching, hoping for Anaheim and uh, whoever Dallas. else, Dallas. Dallas, to score goals. Of course, of course they don't. Uh, so that's shame on me getting suckered in there. Uh, I should stick to my stay in my own lane. Man. Yeah, ESPN Plus, all all the pucks you can. Dude, it has all the pucks. It's wow. amazing. I didn't realize it has that. everything. Yeah. you can pick which broadcast you want to watch. It's incredible. I've bet yeah. a stupid I, amount of hockey because I got of that. reeled into Hulu a couple years ago, and then I found that for two dollars more, I get Disney, which is the best purchase ever because of, of the kids, with the girls, and okay. then you also get ESPN Plus. I can watch every weight game, uh, every yep. puck game. Apparently, I mean it's amazing. Like basically everything's wow. on now. And, it's and like so, good. It's like an ESPN Disney ad here. Look, look it at really that. is. I mean, hey, I yeah, go say. watch Moon Knight. It's so good. I watched it last night. <laughs> it's, Oscar it's Isaac. For, it, yeah, it's less than uh, Netflix, and you get all that yeah. stuff. So uh, anyway, right, I'll do. All I'll right. do one. I uh, I double yeah, Max Whale play mortgage bomb the UConn women semifinal game money line uh, Saturday night. So Back that was the first. Wall. That was the first. And yeah. it, oh it my goodness. Well done. Too bad. Good thing you didn't do it last night. They got right. I know. I, I my buddies were like, let's yeah. let's let it ride. And I uh I kind of it slipped my mind. So I'm, oh, glad I, I'm glad it didn't. Good job. All right. Nice oh. job. Making money on women's hoops. Very nice. Very nice. Um <laughs> wrong with all that. right. Great stuff, guys. Thanks again to both Nota Begay and Will Zalatoris for joining us. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks as always to our producer as well. Steve, get down there safe. I'll be down there as well. It's gonna be a great week. Uh, good luck to everybody out there with all the bets and uh, we'll see you next week. 